Hello, we are back again with another episode with Thomas Flynn and we are pretty much going to make this more of a recurring thing because it seems like a lot of, okay, it's a hard topic, but a lot of people realize that it's something they needed to hear and uh, taking ownership, it's uncomfortable and realizing that you are the one standing in your way it's it's very like it's very confronting so what we're going to be covering mostly in this topic is identity and beliefs and they're called beliefs because you need to be the person that you want to be first our beliefs shape our way of being what we believe our values and who we are as a person shapes our beliefs but our beliefs also shape our person, our identity, it works like a seesaw. So you need to be aware of the person you want to be and create that person. So this is something that we are going to be talking in depth on and something that Thomas loves talking about. So we will go from there and yeah. So what is it about beliefs that hold most of us back? It's a really good question and it's a very broad topic, but I suppose the simplest rundown we can give is that our beliefs are really going to shape our behaviours in the sense that if we don't believe that we are capable of getting a certain outcome, having a certain result, then it's very difficult to consistently get yourself to take the action towards that because... It doesn't feel like there's any, it feels, I guess, like wasted time and energy perhaps, but more so it's because everything that we do is going to be ultimately drawn back to our identity and what we believe to be true about ourselves or about our reality. And so if you don't, if, if the outcome you want is being healthier, fitter, uh, you know, leaner, whatever, it doesn't have to be health and fitness, it can be money or whatever doesn't align with how you see yourself and what you believe to be true about yourself, then you're going to face this massive internal block to take action. And that's why we can uh, feel like we know all the stuff we need to do and we're not doing it. It's because on some level it's, it doesn't align with who we are, with who we think we are. And in some ways, sometimes it's just that, we don't actually want it as badly as we think we do, which is where we can get into values and things like that and learning to make it really important to us. But ultimately, uh, I think if we discuss today about identity and being that person who, uh, or getting clear on who you want to be and what that person looks and feels like and having that self-image and then working backwards from there and going, okay, that's who I want to be. What would, what would that person believe about themselves? What story would they tell themselves? And ultimately, of course, how would they act? And then it's those little, as James Clear yeah. writes in Atomic Habits, you know, it's those little micro actions that build up momentum over time and every one of those little actions is like a piece of evidence for that new version of yourself. So and that 
is what where the belief starts to come from. We kind of need that momentum. Yeah. Yeah, that's so you you touched on a really key word there, which we'll be touching on in a further video with values. But that's where the link between being that person and your identity falls into actually making something that you want but can't, but can't make happen because you are standing in your own way. You can actually make something you desire by tapping into, okay, who is this person I want to be and what feeling am I associating with it? Because we are humans. We are emotional beings. If we can feel the way that we want to feel and exactly right. yeah, and let that be our pulling force, our dragging force to getting us to be that person and believe yeah. that we can be that person because we are back to that whole visualization thing, visualizing it, feeling it. And I talked about this on my mini mighty and feisty podcast with Phoenix, but the way that I saw my success through my powerlifting athlete career, whatever you want to call that, it wasn't really a career because I don't get paid for it. But the way I saw success through that is I used to feel the earlings on the bar. I used to feel the heavy weight on my back and feel myself pushing up against it to come back up for my squat. I visualized it. I visualized it yeah. in that moment, but I also visualized it the night before. I visualized it outside of practice and within practice because sometimes when you're in the environment itself, when you are in an environment that you already have a habit attached to, a certain belief attached to, you will find it hard to break through that belief if you don't. It's just like when you see people fighting in a the ring, they don't get better in the ring, they get better in practice. The same works for believing in yourself, the same works for working on that belief. And I wrote a post about this, which I'm actually going to let Thomas ramble on about in a second but i wrote a post about this when it comes to self-sabotage because in this day and age we're going to take this back to health and fitness because that's what i specialize in um in this day and age there are diets here diets there crappy coaches here trainers claiming that they're the world pro coach whatever whatever it is and they put their clients onto certain diets or certain regimes that break them that's are not suitable for human use or human consumption, I should say, because they're, ju they're just not something that, like, they're ridiculously restrictive. They're ridiculously not personalized to the person or their cookie cutter or their 12-week fads. They cut out complete food groups, whatever, and they start believing all these things. They start failing. They start trying something else similar. They start failing. They start... And it's just this cycle and this leads them to not believing in themselves. This leads to them self-sabotaging and be like, they identify themselves as, oh, I always fail. I suck at diets. I can't stick to a diet. I can't stick to this. I'm destined to fail. I'm not designed to lose weight. And this is the belief they hold going into a new coach or a new coaching program. It can even get to a stage where I've, I'm the type of person that cares too much sometimes, cares a fuckload. And if I can see someone really needs my help, I will, I will hammer at it. I will keep pushing for it. And two girls that have joined the group, but they took work to get to just believe that there is something brighter on the other side and to join the group. And they still struggle trying to let go of those old beliefs, but they've made so much progress mentally already. But the thing is, I worked my ass off to get them to just 
chill the fuck out quite literally and to just see the bright light in team ruby to see it all because there's i post so much on my clients i post so much of everything they can see the interaction i have with my clients in my comments and stuff but the thing is this is what belief can do it can serve you or it can hold you back so much that you just cannot get out of your own way but then how is it we see this a lot i'm asking you now how is it that we can actually reframe stuff like this once we've had all of that negative shit, tried this diet, tried that diet, failed this diet, failed that diet. How can we finally start to believe in ourselves and create that? No, it's not as complex as it is. Like we need to start small. I need to start believing myself. How do we, how do we get out of that? That's a great, there were so many things you said there that were fantastic. And I wanted to kind of touch on a few of them, deciding which one to go with first. You mentioned self-sabotage. Perhaps we should quickly talk about that. And the fact that that relates very closely to the identity thing, because ultimately it's not self-sabotage, it's self-protection in the sense that we sabotage in the sense that we take an action that we think is counterproductive to the outcome we want, because that outcome would not align with our identity and what we believe to be true about ourselves, what we believe we're capable. So if you don't truly believe that you are capable of let's say in this context, you know, losing the weight, getting fitter, building the muscle, whatever it is, then ultimately you're going to be doing all these things that take you away from that because what you're really doing is you're not so much self-sabotaging as you're just upholding the current image you have about yourself. And so we need to talk, as you said, okay, so what's something practical that we can get people to do to actually start to develop that new, those, you know, some newer beliefs about themselves, start to gain that new identity uh, you mentioned uh, or, or rather I wanted to mention based on something you said the notion of actually giving yourself credit for how far you've come and what you've actually done because what we tend to do and I can't remember who said this it was either Brennan Bouchard or maybe Tom Bilyeu that made the point that uh, you need to integrate your wins and so what we tend to do is you get people who have come a fair way down their fitness journey or health journey and they've been doing it for six months or a year and maybe they have lost some weight uh, and they've you know developed some good habits whatever but they're still focused on how far on on how far away they are from where they want to be they haven't given themselves enough credit for how far they've come already and so they don't feel like they've got any momentum you know what i mean it's really hard to stay consistent with something and develop confidence that it's worth doing if you don't feel like you're getting anywhere but what frequently happens is people are getting somewhere but they're not even giving themselves acknowledgement of the momentum they've got do you know what i mean so it's a lot easier to believe that you're capable of making change if you can feel momentum by months in the last 12 months, whatever. So really acknowledging the small wins, like the little ones, the smallest things. If you went out for a walk for five minutes and that's five minutes morning yesterday, sit, awesome. Make sure you consciously acknowledge that to yourself and you're gaining that momentum. But perhaps in relation also to the visualization thing you mentioned, which is really important, right? So if we understand that uh, everything that goes on in our brain, or not everything goes in our brain, but our, bra our brains like control and they like to be able to predict things because we feel in control when that's the case and that's why when we 
behaved a certain way for a long time and done certain things because we believe them to be true about ourselves, what that allows us to do is kind of like predict what's going to happen next. It, it feels, in, you know, we feel in control of it. We can like, this is who I am. This is what's true about me. You know, because if we were to suddenly just completely, uh, it's the word, flip your world upside down and be like, oh, a lot of the things you believe to be true about yourself might not actually be true. Suddenly that's like chaos and that's scary. We can't predict that, which is where visualization becomes super valuable and useful because you start to become familiar with the thing that you're uh, pursuing, looking, look, looking to get towards, right? And so it, it, by visualizing it and being able to feel it, you know what it feels like. It's somewhat familiar in the sense that you've almost already experienced it. Okay. Uh, there's a guy named Joe Dispenza. You might know him, Ruby. Um, he's a, he's you know, big on this kind of subconscious transformation stuff, things like this. And he talks about the fact that when you can visualize something really clearly, and as you mentioned, you need to be able to kind of feel it. So you need to be able to really get a feeling in your body. What's that going to feel like? And I've got a great tangent. I want to go on about that and say, but when you can clearly feel or know what that's going to feel like and visualize it and kind of be it. And that goes hand in hand with, as I said, actually acknowledging the fact that maybe you already are that person, right? Like giving yourself that like credit for what you've already done. It starts to become predictable in the sense that as he describes it, it's like you can remember your future, right? So yeah, if it's hard to take action towards something when you have no clue what it's going to look and feel like, does that make yeah. sense? It's when something is unknown, it's scary. And it's just like, yeah. I actually want to relate to that before I touch on something you said before. Um, I have, because in, in Sydney right now, we are going through lockdown. And one of my, what like two of my clients, and well, actually three of my clients, because they're family members, they were meant to go down to Melbourne. And they were uncertain. They were in the, un, like, they were in the fear of the unknown. And you know, the, the stress cascade led on to everything. They lost their appetite, their digestion went all crazy and all this other stuff. But it's that fear of the unknown has crazy ramifications inside the body itself. It in Like the fear of the unknown is a stress response in itself. Now, something you touched on before was actually celebrating every single little win. Now, the thing is that why don't people do this? It's because every single little win, people see it as too small to celebrate. And I have, when I tell people to celebrate the smallest things, they're like, that's nothing. Like, it's not much to say. I'm like, it's not, com it's not much compared and to Just this. say that last bit again. Your audio went a bit. Oh. It's every small little win. Like, it. if if I tell someone to celebrate a small win, they'll, they'll, this is where the comparison game starts to come in and it stops people from actually moving forward because they compare themselves to Tom, Joe and Jerry. Like, they don't want to celebrate a tiny small win because it's nothing in comparison to this person or they don't want to voice a tiny little struggle because this person is going through so much more. Or there are so many other people with other problems in the world. Like there's too much comparison that stops you from actually acknowledging where you are at. And at the same time, realizing how strong you are for getting through some certain things and actually making the smallest steps. Every small step counts. Even if it is as small as actually ordering for the first time ever, your grocery shopping online, that seems like nothing, but that's a very big step for someone that doesn't do that. 
or it might be as simple as, oh, I just put really simple meals together. I didn't worry about making it fancy. I just plopped in this ingredient, this ingredient, and this ingredient, shoved the lids on, lunch is done. It doesn't need to be master chef quality because you are developing that identity of someone who meal preps. And I spoke about this in another podcast. You can go watch that one with Mini Mighty Feisty. But I, I was someone that struggled with food, struggled with meal planning, struggled with nibbling all the time. And you know this, struggled with nibbling all the time. It took me so, it took me so long to make the move to meal prep. But you know what? I turned it on like that because on the 1st of January this year, I, I said, I'm someone who meal preps. I hate meal prepping. I freaking love meal prepping. I love it. I'm so excited for meal prep day. I hate meal prep. I'm so excited I get to meal prep today. I'm so excited for Saturday. I got so excited for the event. I made myself excited for it. You can even talk about the dopamine circuit that Huberman talks about. But I got, I made myself excited for it. And now I'm actually excited for meal prep all the time. I'm like, yes. Why? I attached it to a feeling. My feeling is... I'm so organized through the week. I don't have to worry about food, no mental energy to worry about that. I have my meal plan, like a stack onto the oven because there are two meals that I have to make on the go because they're both bread and I like making my toast in the sandwich press. But my other three meals, they're all prepped in the fridge. I, I feel amazing because I don't have to worry for seven days in the week. Attaching the person you want to be with that feeling of I'm on track, I'm sticking to my meals. I'm on track. I'm in control of my body. I'm going to get my body to where I want to be. That type of stuff. So back to you. No, it's fine. That's that's spot on, right? Like that's, as you said, attaching it to the feeling because feelings, yeah, we're, we're not really logical creatures. We're all, like, we kind of are, but we're very emotional creatures. As, and so you're exactly right that the more we can tie the feeling, uh, to tie things to the feeling, the more driven we're going to be for it. And uh, that's where I, I, something I've been thinking on a lot lately to get a little bit kind of like mindfulness, you know, uh, philosophy, all that kind of thing that kind of a little bit of a process we can go through is get very clear on who you want to be. So if it's one of your clients, it's like they, they, and they're looking to be more consistent with their training and nutrition, make some significant changes, start putting themselves first. And it's not just about training and nutrition, right? It's, it's everything health and well-being, but have a clear image of who do I want to be? I want to be the person that cares about this stuff, linking it to what is really important to you. So if they're a mother, as we've spoken about a few times, I want to be the mother who sets a good example for her kids. I want to be the mother who looks after her health and fitness and energy and self-care and whatever so that she can be more patient and kind and, you know, um, so we're gentle or whatever with that. You, you know what I mean? All the things that like when we're healthier, our moods are better, our energy's better. You're not as snappy with your kids, whatever the hell it is. Like the point is that you need to have a very clear image of, I want to be that mum who looks after herself because it allows me to you know, treat my kids better, look after them better, set a good example for them because it's so important. They're going to follow your example far more than your words. And so you need to, have it clear in your mind that, okay, even if right now you're not someone who uh, you're really struggling to find that drive to get up and go to, you know, do, do something health, fitness for yourself, self-care, whatever for yourself, then you need to have a clear link in your mind. You, okay. I'm not doing it for me today, but I'm going to do it for my kids. I'm going to show up for them. 
just in that example, right? They've got an identity of this is who I am and this is what I do. But then what we need to do is once we have an, a, a clear idea of what that identity is that we want to have and who we want to be, now we need to go through a little bit of a process of, okay, what would that person believe about themselves? What language would they use? They would not say words like, I can't do this. Like, I'm never going to be able to do X, Y, Z. I don't have time. I, whatever, right? Like they wouldn't even use that terminology. They wouldn't believe that about themselves. They wouldn't tell themselves those stories. And ultimately, of course, what actions would that person take? But as you, uh, to touch on, as we spoke about that you, you said, which was very valuable, which is that we need to link it to feeling. So how does that person feel, right? Now, realistically, here's the thing, right? As you and I spoke about in a message yesterday, maybe, that, again, as I said, the philo philosophy thing, the only day we ever have is today, right? Like tomorrow's, you know, like memento mori, all that stuff. Tomorrow, You might die tomorrow. So you need to bring it back to the idea that you need to work on the basis that you only have today. So let's work on feeling that way today, right? Like don't be fixated on, I will be happy when I have lost 10 kilos. I will be happy when I have accomplished this thing. That's like a long way away from where I'm at. Why don't we work on, I will be happy when I feel a certain way. Cause realistically that's all we're chasing. Right? Anything that we ever pursue in life, whether it's money or health or relationships or whatever, we're just pursuing how it's going to make us feel on the inside, right? Like that's, that's all we're really doing is we're looking for how it's going to make us feel. But the thing is that we have way more control over our feelings and emotions than we really understand. And we can feel that way today. So instead of being fixated on, I will be happy when I've lost 10 kilos, why don't we work on, you know, I'm looking to feel more energized, more confident, more proud, more um, calm, more, uh, so what higher self-esteem like you know with that realistically you're chasing all the things that losing 10 kilos is going to give you as a feeling you're chasing the feelings you're going to get from losing 10 kilos as i'm just using this as an example as in 10 kilos is something that would take a while to achieve right but we can feel all of those today if we as we spoke about acknowledge the small wins give yourself acknowledgement for all the little things that you do focus on how good it will feel physically to go for a walk, to eat a meal that's more, uh, you know, kind of nutritious, to train, to fucking do whatever. Like, yeah, you guys. I'm going to actually get you to talk about the dopamine circuit now. So what he's trying, like something he spoke about is like having something so far away isn't compelling enough to make us be that person now because we're always saying, we're always putting off for then. Dopamine, like the way yeah. our neurotransmitters work, don't work in that way. The way our brain works doesn't work in that way. If it can't have that gratification now, which is why you see people have goals of, I'm going to stop smoking and they still smoke because they want that gratification now. Now, if you think about, oh, I want, I mean, I, like my goal is to lose 10 kilos and that's, you need to be realistic with your goals. Let's be realistic. Let's just say at the end of the year, well, in a year, if you're starting off pretty damn overweight, that's that's possible. Not really possible if you're not really overweight. But, well, to sustain it, it's not that possible. Well, if you're really overweight and you want to lose 10 kilos by the end of the year, you're going to feel like you're losing steam at the start if you're not attaching every single habit to that person you want to be. And the way dopamine works is that you need to actually reward yourself for pushing through the discomfort. For every, for every fight, for every struggle, for every good thing, you need to reward yourself. You need to reward the process. 
Andrew Huberman calls it reward the process. You need to reward the hardship. And not just the stuff that's hard, but the stuff that you went through easily. You need to congratulate yourself on it and give yourself that dopamine hit. So maybe you can talk more into that stuff too. Yeah, totally. And that relates, that's effectively big part of what I said about we only ever have today. And so we tend to, this is, this is a broad life conversation. It's not just about health and fitness, but we tend to have this, this constant thing of I'll be happy when. Now, I do want to say that that's not the worst. It's not entirely bad per se to, to constantly be a little bit dissatisfied because whether we like it or not, that's kind of how we're hardwired. Like that's precisely why if someone wins the lottery and could retire, you know, could quit their job, like they'd be bored within about two days. They'd be like looking for something to do. Do you know what I mean? Because we actually are hardwired to want to pursue things and, and, and grow and challenge ourselves. So it's not the worst thing to feel like that, you know, you still have something you're working towards, right? Like we, we don't need to necessarily feel like I am 100% satisfied right now. I don't think we ever truly get to that point, but it's, the, it's finding that sweet spot of blissful dissatisfaction, which is where I'm happy here and now in the pursuit of the fact that I'm, I'm not quite satisfied. I've got things I want to do and accomplish and, and grow and, I'm, and I've got things I want to work towards, but I'm blissful here and now because I'm, uh, well, you know, that's gratitude as well. It's acknowledging just how good you've got and all that kind of stuff. But um, it, it's in, in terms of what you mentioned about the dopamine uh, process and uh, rewarding the process and relating that to the kind of we only have a have today notion is we can relate that then to psychologists to on Instagram. I paused. Your thing's frozen. I'm just going to keep chatting for a second. But uh, her name's Nicole LePere. She speaks. Okay, we, we can always just release it as split. You can always make it split episode if you need to. But I was just talking about kind of combining some of this stuff. So with the visualization is you know, getting clear on, okay, how do I want to feel? And and not looking too far ahead. Like, like we kind of want to use, so there's this guy, uh, Stephen Kotler, and he wrote a book called The Art of Impossible. It is the best book I've ever read, um, all about uh, human performance and flow states and things like that. Um, and he talks about like in terms of like levels of goals. I'm kind of going on a tangent here, but it all relates. You know, okay. you and I do this a lot. He talks about having layers of goals as far as you've got like top level, what he calls your massively transformative purpose. So like your really big kind of long-term thing of like, okay, I, you know, uh, in the case of like business, it's like, okay, I want to build a really big successful business. And then you need to have like clear goals that are kind of set, you know, over the next couple of months, couple of years that will sort of take you towards the main one. And then you need to break that down to like what, like having clarity on what do I need to do today to move me towards my, my goals, right? But what we kind of want to do is kind of like pick the long-term thing that we're working towards to kind of be like our guiding, our, our North Star, a kind of general thing that we're working towards. And then just lower the vision a little bit and just bring it back to okay how like what do i need to do today that would kind of move in that direction and just focus on how will that make me feel today so you know rather than because as we spoke or relevant to something you said before that we tend to be uh not all that what's the word 
we feel such a huge gap between where we are now and where we want to be if we're aiming towards this like huge change. So you know, the 10 kilo thing, it's like so if someone, if losing 10 kilos feels so far away and someone's fixated on that, then it's very hard to feel like you've got momentum because you know, that's, it's so far away. Whereas if you are just a little more focused on, okay, well, how do I, you know, I know that if I eat some nutritious food, get a decent amount of sleep today, go for a walk, train, whatever, do a hobby that makes me relax, all that good stuff. I know that that's going to move me towards my long-term goal. And ultimately those are the actions of the person I want to be identity, but then attaching also to how is that going to make me feel? So getting very clear on how good do I feel when I do X, Y, Z and, or when I don't do ABC. And then that's bringing our focus back to today, right? But what happens when we kind of know all this stuff, we know that we should just be taking little actions, whatever, and we're still not doing it. Well, it, it comes back to, or, or something that's really important is trust in ourselves, which is why I mentioned Nicole LaPera, the holistic psychologist who kind of talks about this a lot. Uh, and, and this is something that I've been working on a lot myself for the last couple of years, or, or, or am, am still working on, like it's very much still a work in progress, but, but trying to learn to trust myself again with small promises. Because what happens is if you have spent the last 15 to 20 years or longer, whatever, you know, living a certain way, eating a certain way, being, being a certain person. And now you've decided that like, like now I want to be this person who like is very, very different. Your brain is going to be like, what the hell? It, it doesn't trust you because as you said, you've got these, these people who are like, Oh, you know, I, I always fall off the bandwagon. I've done this so many times. You know, I keep, self-sabotaging whatever well we know that that's actually like upholding the current image they have of themselves so how do we get that momentum just with tiny little promises to ourselves like it might be starting one one it's like okay yeah i was gonna say we're gonna touch on this one in our next episode now because we we the timing thing but um so we're gonna well i'm gonna actually leave you guys with a really, really massive takeaway from everything he just said. That's going to link into the next episode, which we will also be releasing today. But the the biggest takeaway from all of this is that you need to just make that one step, the one move. You need to make your entry level so easy that you literally cannot miss out. Like you can't miss it. It needs to be... It needs to be it needs to be such an easy step that it's it's like right there. It's like the smallest step ever. And like this is something Andrew Huberman also talks about. And that's something that you need to do tomorrow. Start it and leave it unfinished today. Leave it unfinished today. Like just do a little bit of it. And then the next day you know exactly where to pick up from it. Get the dopamine here by finishing the easiest thing and then moving on with the rest. So start with the smallest thing and be consistent with just that. And just because you're you're a hero at that small task now does not qualify you to then move on to the next task because you need to first repeat that belief in yourself and keep believing it in yourself. And we are going to be talking about how to get this belief in yourself in the next episode. So tune in. Mm. Mm.